Okay, and we are back for another uh, 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 podcast talk, whatever, like, this, whatever this is, episode for, um, uh, shoot, My Hero Academia and, um, Shaman King. You can tell I've done this before. But, uh, I guess before we get to this, we want to talk about, like, I guess how the podcast did in the prior week. So let me just pull those stats up real quick. I hope everybody had a productive, well, not productive, I hope everybody had a good weekend. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I said this before, but I think we, we got a, we got a follower. We got another follower, so we're now at three. Seems like we've been doing really well on some of the newer video, uh, newer releases. You get Chaka. Yeah, I'm glad I moved off on that. But uh, uh, we seem to be doing really well from the looks of it. Um, episode two of this season hasn't been doing really that well. It's 45 days in. I think we got like seven downloads. Day 30, there was like four downloads for that. So some of the older ones aren't doing so well. Yeah, episode one isn't doing so hot. Um, oh no, we seem to be doing, oh, we, apparently we got a download of somebody on an Android device. Okay, so we're, uh, Stitcher's working, hallelujah. Oh, that's right, uh, we are now on Stitcher. Um, that took me a minute to figure out how to get that going. I still got looking to see what, how that works, but we're now on Stitcher, so now I can get this podcast on everywhere else you get your podcast and Stitcher. Well, I mean, went out on every single site, and I don't think I will ever put us all out there unless it's easy to do that. Do that, and I'll probably look at it. But we out, went out three followers strong. Thank you to the third follower that we had probably within the last down, uh, last episode we got. So thank you, uh, everybody who's uh, been following along with us idiots talking about anime. And I didn't know there's anybody who would be listening to this. It's a. It, it actually is really humbling. Um, I guess with that, we're gonna we can move on to what you're here to talk about, what you're here to listen to us talk um listen to us talk about. We're gonna first talk about My Hero Academia. Uh, let's see here, season five. The episode number is uh well we're at nine nine episodes now. Next week, well actually this Saturday will be their one hundred episode apparently. That's an achievement. That's very cool. I didn't realize they had they were all gonna be hundred episodes. Okay, that's really cool. So now we're gonna talk about this. Uh, as a reminder, on last episode we watched Deku had unlocked one of the quirks from the six quirks that he uh, he had seven quirks, but uh, he unlocked one of the seven quirks that he was gonna he's gonna attain uh, powers from. Uh, the first one being Black Whip. So now we're dealing with the aftermath of Deku getting control over it. And um, I guess another thing is I want to say, we, we uh, get in this episode, we this really uh, hammer home uh, Uraraka's involvement. Well, not hammer home, but, you know, like, you know, Uraraka's involvement to helping quick thinking to save Deku. Because I didn't bring this up last time when I was ranting about how I'm afraid what they're going to do to Uraraka's role in the future. Uh, 
they uh she brings up in her past that actually i want to bring up too i think from now on um after episodes go live i'm gonna probably go to the manga source material to see if there's any changes done from the original manuscript so that way i know because I, I bring up that i don't know if they changed anything or if this is how they did it how the creator did it in his original story um based on what i can see this episode is pretty one-to-one -one. the only thing i will complain about is that some of the some of the lines weren't used as probably as an effort to speed up to to keep the momentum of the episode going um where is it because i think i'm looking at it right now anyway yeah i think i'm looking at it right now yeah i'm looking at it but um uh, Uraka had that whole like who, who saves the hero thing, which is I guess is gonna be I guess her evolution at some point, but I don't know they're ever gonna do anything with it. I'm still afraid they're gonna do what they do to all anime females is push them to the background. But um, pretty much this episode is focusing on the fight between Midoriya and Shinzo, and uh, I guess it, it kind of goes the way you kind of you think it would. Um, they get into a, uh, a scuffle. Everybody is. Uh, Midoriya's team is uh, keeping keep, keeping uh, their uh, odds up uh, for winning by constantly uh, countering uh, Shin well, Shinjo's team. And uh, for the most part, this episode focuses on Midoriya fighting Shinzo and what's going on through their minds. Uh, Midoriya is still afraid of what happened the first time he used that quirk. And uh, uh, Momo, in well, somebody suggests that that uh, are you gonna fight Quirkless? No, Uraka asks, are you gonna fight Quirkless? But he says no, which is interesting that after he lost control over the Quirk for the first time in a while, he's still gonna use it. He, she asked that because he uh, gets overpowered. He um, he gets bound by uh, Shinzo and he pulls him to the ground, which is unheard of for somebody whose Quirk is the strongest strength Quirk there is, so. She looked over at him and realized that he wasn't using his quirk, so she's like, are you not going to use it? Because that, plus the fact that he's like, I'm going to hurt somebody if I use it, you know, made it uh, maybe not his preference. So he thought about it for a minute and he said, no, I'm going to use it. I'm surprised to keep uh, keep on with the uh, Deku having an injury on his arm. It looks really, that looks really messed up, actually. I'm looking at the episode right now. I didn't really notice that until now. Yeah, a little bit of hamburger going on there. Oh shoot, let me before I get copyrighted. Shoot. Uh But yeah, after that we see that um the other guys are fighting. Uh I go, this is a cool moment for uh Mineta. Uh great buckler. He ends up saving um he ends up saving uh Ashido, but only because he did he, he projected that he was going to end up in her boobs after he saved her. <laughs> so once again, I mean, Mineta ruining a really cool moment with perversion. But, um... One stone, that's all I'm saying. What? Two birds, one stone. I don't know if she'd be my first pick to hit for someone to hit on, though. He's looking for anyone who has a vagina and boobs. That's all he cares about. Okay, like, her body secretes acid. What kind of vagina are we talking about here? I don't think he cares. I'm just saying. Cause like, dude, he's gonna hit, hit anything that moves. That's just that's just that's just his motivation. He wants to be cool for girls. He wants a girlfriend so bad that he's willing to take anybody. 
She didn't seem to mind. She's like, you having fun down there? And then she moved on with her life. She never, she, she never seemed to mind when, when it came to her body. But <laughs> moving on. Uh, after that, we see Momo, the guy with the quirk, with the ability to take quirks. He ends up, which I was very shocked at first, because I, I assumed that he wasn't going to be able to copy his quirk, which I was right. It just looked like it. And he was shocked, too, that he couldn't copy it. And he was like, is it blank? I was like, okay, well, we got that confirmation. He can't take Deku's quirk or uh, copy it, which is good. Because um, I don't know what kind of roles his quirk would apply under. But it's really odd, too, that, like, it's still kind of, like, activated a little bit. But only for him to realize that it wasn't his quirk. Um, I was amazed at how skilled he was at all those quirks. Like, these people trained really hard for them, but he was, like, pretty good at the nuances and skills of them, like, Well, I'm really pretty sure told him, I'm pretty sure they told him how they, how they worked. Yeah, but, I mean, it's gotta be really hard to, like... Figure it this way, like, if you're, like, a stand-in actor for a small acting troupe doing a play, you need to learn everybody's, um, you need to learn everybody's skills. Like, you need to learn everybody's lines, everybody's characters, and stuff yeah, like that. I, I, when it time, comes time to be an actor, you're going to be okay, but you're not going to be as good as the main actor that dedicated their time to one skill, one Well, I mean, but wasn't his whole thing, this entire fight, that, you know, he was a side character anyway? I mean, that was his whole shtick. This entire episode was that he was the side character, but he was gonna be the he was gonna be better than the um, than the main character. I get your I get your point. I, I just feel like I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's aware of how his quirk works, and probably it isn't just like the quirk that he takes too. He probably takes the knowledge of how to use the quirk too. Right. Because it would seem kind of weird that he just takes the quirk and that's it. I feel like he would have to take the knowledge along with it, and he probably doesn't know that yet. But he'll probably learn that later on. That that's probably what happens when his when he does do that. Cause like I mean, even he, even though he didn't take Deku's quirk, the way he activated it seemed kind of familiar to Deku too. Anyway, so like I feel like he must take something else along for the ride, besides copying the power. Uh, I guess. You know, do you think that he tried to take All Might's quirk um, from Midoriya? I think he tried taking the quirk, period. He doesn't know how the fundamentals of that thing. It looked like he tried to use it, he stole it and tried to use it and then wasn't able to. Yeah, he he he, he um he grabbed it, he tried to copy it, but he couldn't. It was a he blank. He called it a blank, yeah. It wasn't that interesting, because he glowed a little bit, like he might be able to use it. And then yeah, Majoria said, don't do it, he said too late, and then like he didn't have it. Yeah, I mean, he called that earlier, um, Momo called that earlier before the fight started that he was wondering if he could take a, uh, take a quirk anyway, because he was talking about Shinzo's, if he could take his quirk at all. Yeah, and it, it looked he, like... It, was a it looked like he traded it for Kodai's size quirk, because he talked later on about how he, um... Some things res reside out even after it's expired, and he used size quirk as an example. That one of the nets was still huge. I don't know, because it... No, cause he we know he had a limited going. number of quirks, and we know that he was, like, loaded at the first. So it makes sense. He used twin impact, though. Right, he used twin impact, but not size. I think he gave up the size quirk, kept twin impact, and... But I don't think the... I don't think the nut... I don't... That, I gotta... 
the bolt. I think I don't think the bolt changed size though. I think he was always. I feel like it was always like as big as it. I gotta look at that. I gotta look at that part. Don't forget to that. Um. Before you get to that, uh, we also get uh, well, the whole conflict between Midori and Shinzo is like starting to start up, and we see Shinzo. Uh, we see how Shinzo was how, how he learned how to um, use the uh, use the uh, almost called it bondage, but uh, well, <laughs> use the um, use the wraps. And also, I brought up I think a couple videos, whatever videos, but like streams before that I was wondering if you know if Eraserhead made that um made that uh, that technique up by himself and apparently find out he did like that's actually quite impressive right it was like uh like I, like you it took you six years to learn this like how why you think it would take it would take me less like but he made up he mentioned a point that like he learned it for nothing but he can teach what he knows to somebody else and they can learn it much faster and yeah that's a good point because he was the pioneer of the ability Shinzo but, really uh, showed that he was like learning, and he could learn really quickly too. Yeah, it was just like when they saw Super Saiyan three one time, and they were able to immediately do it in the next episode. I don't think it was like that. You just feel the I'm pretty sure Shinzo was learning. I think he learned. I think he learned what he learned in a year. He wasn't perfect at it. I think it took him a year to, to learn that, or six months. It wasn't like immediate. Not like the Super Saiyan transformation, but we're not getting Dragon Ball Super. Right. He's not right now, anyway. But um. But yeah, I think it took him six months to a year. I don't think it, it was an immediate learn because he had he he got himself wrapped up in that when he was trying to use it. Speaking of the wraps, uh, we see Deku use the Black Whip ability again for the first time after losing control over it. And he's finally got control over his breathing, only to find out that it looks like he can't maintain use of that ability using 20%. So he ends up learning that he's not going to be able to use that. He's probably not going to be able to use that part of his ability not, uh, any, not anytime soon, which makes sense. He just learned. He just discovered it. Right. But seems kind of weird that he was able to utilize it as well as he was, even surprised All Might. Um. Why did it? You, does All Might even know what's going on there? Yeah, know what I'm saying is like I don't think All Might expected all, Midoriya to even be able to use this thing right out of the gate after losing control for the first time it came out. I'm right. sure All Might doesn't know anything about what's going on inside that quirk, because he never he never had any conversations with anybody who had it before him. I don't know why he's not more alarmed about it. He seems like he must have some sort of. He said that uh, his master, he, well, his master, he found out from Gran Torino, his master said he saw some people in his dreams before. He probably, he probably had some, like, because I think he said something about, like, uh, when Midori told him about, like, the singularity of the quirk expanding or something like that. Or it wasn't time yet, so he probably had, he probably had some thoughts, but he probably wasn't expecting it to manifest so early. Or even in the way it did. Right. So I'm pretty sure he probably had some idea that something was going to happen, but he, I guess he just didn't expect it to be green wraps. Beyond yeah, All Might, hmm? beyond, uh, beyond All Might, I think what's going to happen here is like, it's going to be harder for Midoriya to not be, obviously, the next All Might. 
I don't think he's gonna be an All Might. He's just gonna be the next one, number one hero. I don't think uh, Deku's going out of there to be All Might. He probably did at the very beginning, but he had to learn he got to be his own hero. Having two completely different quirks at the same time that aren't thematically or conceptually identical is really going to raise some eyebrows about what's going on with him. I mean, they've already said that. I mean, the thing I don't I don't know what, how he's gonna explain it. Because he didn't do a good of explaining it at the end of the episode, like, what happened there. No, he What he could say was that, you know, his, his powers are evolving to the point where they're doing things that he wasn't expecting. Right. Such as... Well, I um, mean, this doesn't make sense to anybody. Like, this is like... It's not like Froppy where she can, like, camouflage and, and also has a, a, a weird tongue. Like, this is, like, two completely... Disconnected quirks that he's working with here. Remember that Momo thing about the quirks that, uh, we're on the assumption that he can only use, he can only copy three abilities. But right. it seems like he, 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 he upped the amount that he can copy. You think because I got three clocks, he was like, I can only copy three quirks. Then again, he's saying that he could have just been pretending, but. I can't use more than one at a time. But some of the effects can't are remain. Things that don't affect the human body directly usually last. Code of size, for example. Yeah, but none of the none of the none, none of the like the stuff that, that would have been affected by that changed size when he said that. I think he was trying I think he was trying to like distract her, see what she was gonna do. Then after she left, he pretty much um, used the twin impact. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. I mean, it made sense. He he's he's smarter than he gives credit uh, than uh, credit is given to him. I say that much. I think. Do you think anyone thought he was dumb? I don't know if they thought he was dumb. I think they just think he's like hinged. But he's... I don't know. He's the type of character at first that you know he was just all talk, like how I thought Bakugo was at the very beginning of the series, until so learn later on that wasn't the case. Yeah, he can, back, he, can, he can back up. He can back up all the talk. He's very manipulative. He has very presence of mind, though. He's like, I'm not a main character. I'm a I'm a supporting character. But sometimes the supporting character is one of the best group. So I liked his presence of mind for understanding. His role in things and how things work out, but at the same time, like not expecting to be the forerunner in something. Um, he placed himself really well within the team. My only like reluctance with him is that he's more villain-like than hero-like for the crew. I've yet to see him do anything heroic. Well, his quirk—he's already brought it up before that um, like him and um, Shinzo's quirk aren't really. For him to be effective, he can't really, he can't do heroic things. His quirk really is just stealing. There's nothing he can Shinzo do about it. Has a, Shinzo has a quirk that's con more consistent with an, a bad guy too, but he's definitely heroic with the way he's purported himself so far. Well, I mean, it's just like, but, like, I mean, Momo can't. I mean, if I'm playing Devil's Advocate here, there's no way you can use his quirk in a heroic manner. Because you had to literally go up to somebody and tap them to even take the quirk out to begin with. So you have to, well, like, I mean, trick, you have to trick them into coming up near you. If they know, if they know that you um, that you can take their part, they're not gonna they're not gonna willingly come up to you. You're gonna have to trick them to even get near you. 
I don't think there's any heroic way you can be a uh, heroic can. way you can. He started off by getting it from heroic, from willing teammates. And then he tactically moved in. Like, you can move in tactically, too. Like, if you had Grapes ability, for example, you can easily, like, bounce around until you until you can smack somebody and take their ability. Like, you saw that with, uh... But people you are saw aware of that. You're not going to be able to get near them, even tactically, because they're going to be really wary of you. Especially if your course is really useful, you don't, you're not going to want to be near him. If, it, if anything, you're, they're going to be more wary of him in, in a in a in a close cube area versus anything else. He's dangerous, yeah. really, if you're um trapped in with in there with him. Like I don't really see there's like I mean yeah you can he could ask for his teammates, but like there's only going to be so much he can do with that because he could only cop them for five minutes. Yeah. So that, at that point, when he's in the in the middle of a fight, he's gonna have a hard time. He threw out, he floated the idea that he can do it for ten minutes now, and you don't know if he's telling the truth or not, but it's possible. And then he also, um, he also floated the idea that he had multiple works that he could copy, and that even after the ten minutes, some things reside a little bit longer. So it's not like exactly ten minutes. That there's some things that have like sort of a divergent amount of like duration to how long they last so i think that's all sort of up in the i mean yeah we don't know when he's what he's telling the truth about what he's not and i mean that I think that's just more of a self-protection really i mean why would you tell somebody even if you are friends with them like how long your court will last that's that's, yeah. that's, more, that's more dangerous for you than it is for anybody else around you but it may or may not be true what he's saying and if it is that data for us as viewers it's at uh, least something to consider i mean yeah i just don't know that's i mean we can't we don't know because he only he, he talks a lot anyway so, i mean i don't really know i mean his 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 um his his spot in the entire uh, fight he already realized that he, he was they weren't going to be able to win but he did his best to make sure that uh he was useful Right. Even with like Shinzo, because I mean, a guy that can copy things is dangerous. But a guy who can make you obey whatever he tells you to do. So he really used the fact that people were aware if he was going to be having Shinzo quirk at all. And we never got confirmation if he actually did copy his quirk. Because he played one of the whole mind games thing. It was like I, I feel like like I, I still feel like with his quirk, like the best you could do in a in a heroic situation is like. Ask people if I can copy a quirk for five or ten minutes, but after that, there's not much you can do uh, heroically with his quirk. No, but he, he wants I to mean, be a hero. Yeah. He, he wants to be a hero, but he his, he knows his quirk isn't really suited for it. One, then again, Eraser had is an extremely effective hero that has one of those kind of abstract quirks, quirks too, but and has cops. I don't think his quirk can be considered a villain ability though. No, I can't. I'd say it's neutral. But he uh, he certainly doesn't have an ability that works against anyone that doesn't have a quirk, you know. It's yeah, dependent I mean, on someone else's quirks to be how how effective it is. He basically assumes that he can overpower you, neutralize your ability. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, for Shinzo, he would just have to build up his upper body strength, which is what Shinzo did. But like, I mean. A racer hit isn't gonna involve himself with Momo. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Like, where he's kind of stuck in the situation, he 
compared to so to Shinzo, but Shinzo's kind of get a way out. Yeah, you're right. About what? You're right about Shinzo having a way out. And, like, not necessarily being restricted in the same way. Uh, so I, I mean, it's like if, I feel like you know, just like he can't. He's already he's already established that you know, like people like him have to uh, act unheroically to even be a try to even be a hero, which is a contradiction to the entire situation. But still, like he's well aware. I mean, he, he's really aware. Of, he's really aware of where he is in the world, and he's accepted it and he's run, he's ran with it. So much so to the point where he kind of outshined a couple of people out here. <laughs> Funnily enough. Yeah, I thought he kept right up with everybody for the most part. I think he had some amateurish moves, but I think um, he had some amateurish moves. But I think in the, the big picture of things, like he right on par with everybody else. Do you feel the same way? I mean, when you say amateur, these these are still kids in in high school. <laughs> of course, they're gonna be amateur. They're not they're not pro level yet. I know, but like. The guy who copies abilities, for example, he's really you had some advanced and sophisticated understanding of his abilities. You know what I mean? He was acting someone that's cl pretty close to being a pro hero already. Um, you saw the good teamwork of Acid Girl and uh, Grape, for example, like where the way they were working well together and using support and coordinated attacks and things like that. And like using each other's abilities to support each other and like pun intended to bounce off each other and like i think that that kind of ability is not something that shinzo is like demonstrating yet he's nowhere near that but his understanding of his power and his creativity and his raw potential was definitely keeping him up with them despite that whereas i think if he'd been training alongside of them he had a, a good portion of them and already he's like right up he's hanging you know i just don't think he's where he's going to be gets the level of training. I think they have a job. Well, I mean, Shinzo, I don't even know if is going to be a part of his class, because I remember seeing this, and I remember him passing, but I don't think I got a confirmation that he was a, he got transferred into Hero uh, hero 1A or 1B. But, um, I mean, yeah, he's, well, I'm sure he's that, well aware of his, of his shortcomings. I mean, he, he at the end of the episode, he passed the test, though. Huh? At the end of the episode, they tell him he passed the test. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that he got transferred in. He got a passing grade. I don't think that. I think they're looking for outstanding. They're because I mean, it looked like from the way from the way he uh, uh, looked at the situation, he even told Eraserhead straight up that this is probably just a test for me to see where I where I stood. Right? And he's like, I mean, yeah, like that was, the, that was the whole point of this. His exact words were something like, "That's enough. Like you, you did well enough. Like I don't think he was like you passed the test with flying colors, but I don't think." We've never seen someone pass something in this series and not move on. Like, you pass something, that's it. That's the way this world works, especially with him. But you know, that, that was the only like if that was the only um um prerequisite for him to get transferred in there. Because we I mean we already know Eraserhead likes to keep things from people. He's never he's never straightforward. You're right, but Eraserhead also has a big soft spot for this guy. I don't think he's gonna like mess with him in that way. I think he's gonna be pretty straightforward about. Um, class I, just don't see, I didn't see a confirmation that he got transferred into because at least if he got transferred, he would have told him what class he would have got transferred into. At that point, but he didn't. 
all he said that was enough, and he was he was frustrated with his inability to like stand on his own. But unfortunately, with a quirk like his, he's not going to be he's not going to really be a stand on his own just yet. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, but I think that you also have to think about this from like a writer's perspective. Like they can only like establish so much in one episode. They have a million other things going on. Like they want to give you some a reason to watch the next episode. You know what I mean? Like, I think they want to leave a little bit untold so watch more, more but shows. No, they already got me five seasons in. What more do they need to know that I'm not going to go anywhere? Um, well, we think we've already got us five seasons in, but, like, the directors are thinking... I mean, the producers and people that pay for season renewals and stuff are more like, what have you done for... If they do fantastically for five seasons... Four seasons, and then five. The fifth season's not that great. They just, that's just how this works. So they need you. They need you excited and baited along the entire. Season, just. Yeah, but yeah. the concept I can just go read the manga. But uh, hey, welcome to the podcast and stream, Diggs, uh, BTW. Um. But with that, I guess we wrap this episode up with like uh, they pretty much uh, as the. As the episode ends, we start seeing uh, everybody get wrapped up. Essentially, one uh, class one B Midori's team wins the um wins the uh, wins the round, uh, albeit with some like uh, injuries, which is not to be unexpected considering that Midoriya kind of almost demolished the entire uh, arena by himself and hurt and hurt Uraka in 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 the process. But so we're just did, everybody we're not going to talk about Uraka and like how incredible she was this episode. I, I mean, like, I, this is to be expected from you from Uraka. I mean, not much I can say about her. Yeah, I mean, she pretty much ca uh, caught Momo and s took him into the, uh, into the, into the jail and dispatched Poster Girl really quickly. Like, this is like, did a Dragon Ball Z move to chop the neck. That was it. Yeah, and she used Gunmetal, um, to save Midoriya. And she almost sacrificed herself to save Midoriya in a great show of heroism. Um, she was, she was very debatably the MVP here. I mean, Arisa said that she ch uh, she's matured, which I mean, I'm not gonna lie, but I just, I'm still worried. Like, I'm more worried about her future, and maybe I shouldn't be, but at the same time, I'm still worried because she's, she is the, uh, main heroine of the, the of the show. And typically, they are, they are debatably important, but... She hasn't shown that much importance recently. In retrospect, looking back, who do you think the MVPs of the entire like the entire tournament were? One MVP or multiple? For the whole tournament, across the whole tournament, Class A, who do you think the most three most valuable players were? I have a really clear idea in my mind of who I think the top three were. I wasn't paying much that much attention to like who's. Like, I mean, I would. Uh, let's see here. I would uh, argue Bakugo just flat out because he destroyed that thing. Uh, his his uh, his uh, his round. Um, Bakugo's one of my three. Well, Froppy because of how well she fit in to her round. Yeah, Bakugo, Froppy, and Uraraka opinion were the three most effective people in class a in this tournament 
And I'm not saying that as a Frappy fan. I'm saying she really just knocked it out of the park when she was out there. I mean, with my I mean, with my concerns aside, I mean, Iraqi definitely did help out here a lot more than the other. Who's even else? Oh yeah, uh, Ashido and Mineta. I forgot about them. Midoriya was very often a liability, and if his ability had been copyable instead of a blank, which was sort of like just dumb luck for him, he didn't know that it was a good blank. Like... That was an interesting. I just thought about this. Um. I wonder why when he took chart copying his ability, he didn't copy the whip. Because it's all our mind now. No, but did, did, did he copy that before he woke it up, or did he copy it after he woke it up? He copied it right afterwards, I thought. Maybe he didn't try to use the whip. But the point is, if he had taken that, they probably would have lost. So the fact that he didn't take it, like, was more of a stroke of luck than anything. Midoriya was, like, more of a liability than an asset in the fight. His ability was going wild and firing off unpredictably. He almost gave them the ability they needed to take over, the, like, take the, the win in this. Um, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't, like, the MVP of this match at all, in my opinion. He was... Biggest factor, but he wasn't the MVP. He didn't. And I wasn't do saying that. that he was most valuable player. I'm just saying that I was. Yeah. I was more thinking about like the, the consequences of Momo's copying ability, and also, yeah. like, I mean, I think one what to learn that one for all is, is more than just what we've seen of it at this point, anyway. Considering that, like, I think we we both stated we both agreed that this ability is like an avatar situation, but we have yet to learn the full. Um, the full scope of what it is entirely. It was funny like, when I was guy watching. Mentioned, uh, what? It was funny when I was watching this with Jesse. I said, uh, first chakra unlocked when he got this." Oh dear. Kind of true. I hate you, but I know it's true. <laughs> That's but, what um, it felt like. Well, I mean. An avatar like Aang forced those things open. Like Deku accidentally broke one. Cause like I mean like the the the, the guy said that what were you thinking when you were trying to use uh, over uh, one for all? He said I have to capture Momo. They so captured capture somebody, right? You're lucky that mine was the one that woke up. And I was like, does that mean like I always thought about it, it's like if Deku's subconscious knew he needed something to help him capture him. And so far, him, him um, hitting him with Delta Force wasn't going to be able to capture him. It was going to probably turn him into a, a Gimp. So, one of the people, apparently... I'm just wondering what's going, going on inside that quirk when he's using it. Like, are these people just like, watching him fight? Because that guy seemed really aware of the situation. These, these are my questions now that I have and that, that I'm caught up with everything that I know in the anime. Because I haven't read past this point. I'm fighting yeah. the urge to do so. I'm respecting your wishes. <laughs> I definitely got the impression that they'd seen some shiz when they were watching him. I mean, they were just like... They were like taking it very much in stride. I agree with you. I don't like... I know. I just don't know like, what would have happened if he didn't wake up. Because like, he, he made it seem like because of how much power was cultivated over eight successors that um 
uh, like uh, his quirk isn't the only one that got supercharged. This is gonna be this quirk was already broken. It's gonna get broken times four the moment the Deku unlocks all the abilities inside of it. I'm actually kind of curious. I wonder like how Deku. So I wonder if the percentages are gonna be. Because Deku said he's got to learn to master 20% before he can go any further. So are the percentages going to be um, what, what dictates the next power to unlock? It's it's like power levels. His power level is over 9,000! Well, I mean, he's going to get to 100% and that's about it. Like, it's not going to go over it. Well, I mean, <laughs> I say like, that than he did 1 million before, but I think according to Crater that he was just amping himself up. He wasn't using 1 million percent. If you can't do more than 20%, how do you know what 100% is? Well, that's he have, like, 100%. Does he have a training box that he punches to, like, see if, like, his pressure versus now versus 100%? Like, isn't 100% kind of a moving target based on, like, your physical, like, condition and, and your... And, are, you, like, are you asking how Deku uh, knows how much he's using of the power? Yeah, like, it's... Um, how does I don't he, know. Like, I think it's ambiguous. 8% sounds like... Like, well, didn't, didn't um, didn't the first guys the the first uh the first wielder of the power didn't he tell him that he couldn't wield more than twenty percent or something like that, or he just got up to twenty percent? Yeah, and like when I hear twenty percent or something like that, I think okay, they just like using a round number. But like when you know the difference between eight percent and ten percent, then it starts getting a little silly to me. Like, if you're just like, oh, I only use 10% of my value, like, it sounds like an estimate. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of like 10% or so. Obliter obliterate his arm if he, well, obliterate his foot, in this case, if he uses more than he can handle. Okay. How, Jeremy, how, do you know if when your physical body is at 8%, do you look at, like, a rock and say, I would need to use 8% of my strength to, like, lift that rock? I mean, it's just an estimate, but, look, I mean... That's what I mean. Like as an estimate, if someone says twenty percent, then I can I can accept that as an estimate, like a casual. Oh, I'm using like twenty percent. Just like when someone lifts something and says that's like not even half my strength or something. But dude, but like you're, you're, you're talking uh, about numbers in a fictional world and a fictitious world where at, like ninety five percent of the people have a superpowers. I think it is safe to assume that maybe he knows what like what eight percent and then twenty percent feel no! like. You know what? A fictitious world where people have had abilities for years, generations. I don't know what I don't know what eight percent of my power is like. So, I mean, what do you what do you think? Like, so, what, what do you think? What do you think Deku is right now, and in, in terms of how much power he has? Then, if he had to like put a, a number on it, or like a a, a, um, a level, like a. You have to assume assume he's right, but at the same time, power levels are bullshit. I don't know if there's a power level, that's just how much of the ability he's been using. I know, but you know what I mean. I can see power levels, I'm I was not talking about power levels the next, the, next, the, uh, the next two episodes we're going to review for Shaman King, but... I was, quoting, I was quoting Team 4-star when I said power levels. Yeah, I, tried, I decided to ignore it. It's the same basic concept, though, like, it's just, ma it's a made-up thing for plot convenience, but, like, we have to assume that they're telling the truth, but, like, there's... It's just so unrealistic. I mean, the question I just basically asked was like, I feel like they're going to use this as a way to unlock more powers because, like, right now, Deku, um, unexpectedly, out of nowhere, drew a new, a new, a new arm. How? What are they going to use to dictate the next time he's going to grow another arm?
because there's nothing around to dictate that. Deku doesn't know he's going to be able to pull out of this magic sack. It sounds really gross, but still. Like, like essentially, his, his ability has become a magic bag. You don't know what he's going to pull from it. But the moment he knows what's in it, he's going to be able to use it uh, whenever he gets trained with it. Yeah. But I, I, I have to believe that Deku knows the difference between 8% and 20%. Because I will say it's a random number. I, I'm not going to disagree with that 20 is a random number. Because why did he go 20%? Why did he go 50 or something like that? But um, I think this is as much as he can control. Because he's used 100% a lot of times. He, he used it, almost killed himself the first time he used it. He used it with Aerie as a way to rewind the damage he's doing to himself when he went full, like, ham on, um... Not Shigaraki. Uh... Chisaki? Chisaki? Overhaul. I was gonna call him Overhaul, but, um... He used 100% of his power all and went all ham on him. Man was kicking air above his, uh, um, below his feet. He couldn't do that before. The closest he could do to flying was his jump really hard. Mm-hmm. So the abilities that he was displaying, I would say, be a good indicator of how much power he's using. Now, who's to say he can't kick? He couldn't kick air beneath his feet with 50%. I have no idea. Um, it's all so far that like arbitrary number at 20%. He couldn't even handle it when he first started using it. Um, and he's only recently started getting to the point where it doesn't hurt him as much. But um, Deku knows his limit when it comes down to when it hurts him. He, he know he, he's doing better about. Listen to his body, and when it creaks, he's gonna kill himself before he becomes number one if he keeps doing what he's doing right now. I guess speaking of people seeing, I'm wondering what Bakugo's thinking right now because you saw his expression when it happened. First expression of surprise on anybody's face. I got thinking like this nerd was holding back on me. That was the exact thing I was thinking he was thinking, too. He was like, this nerd was holding back on me. Totally. Then, then this was kind of that I was like, I didn't even know it was there. Lies. <laughs> Lies. Subterfuge. I didn't know it was there, gosh. Midoriya's like, this isn't even my final form. Oh, dear, no. Moving on, we're done with my hero. We're gonna go uh, the next episode. I have no idea what it is. But it will be continuing. Because I think a lot, I'm hearing a lot of people say the next arc that's coming up is going to be really good. And a lot of people have been waiting for it. So we'll, we'll see what it's about when it comes up. With that, we can now move on. It looks to... like he's going to get a new power next time. Or they're at least going to. I didn't know he's going to get another power because it's too soon. He doesn't, he doesn't have full control over the one he just awoke. He just said he's not going to be able to use it for a long time. It seemed more like a teaser of something. Later, he's not going to be um, here, like for like for a long time. For now, is what he said. But the next episode's title is "The New Power." That's probably and, the power uh, he just woke up and he's trying to, he's going to try to learn how to control it. Because Deku's thinking about <laughs> thinking about the here and now versus the the later. He's trying to figure out how he, he he can like utilize what he's just what he got now. I know I know he's aware of the new abilities, but I don't think he's I don't think he's concerned about that. He wants to be able to control the two he's got right now. <laughs> So, you focus on the things directly in front of you. That's good. Okay, that was apparently a, um, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Shaman King quote? Well, not that. It, it was more like, uh, what is, what's the word you use when you're trying to, like, connect two subjects at the same time? Um, Pro. What? Bridge. 
Bridge? No, not that word. Transition? Yeah, transition. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. Jeez. Um, but with that, we can now talk about Shaman King in the uh, next two episodes, and a lot happened in episodes five and six. Um, so much so that the tournament in this particular series has just started. We have one tournament-esque thing end, and we have another one begin. But this one's going to be the entire show. Um, again, I want to preface this that this show, albeit it's new in 2021, this show is old and has um, been this uh, the manga this basis this is based off has been has ended years ago. Um, albeit I don't know the ending, I only watched the original anime that a lot of people did not like. Uh, so with that, we're gonna focus on episode five, and um. Pretty much that one starts off really funny. I, I'm surprised they decided to go a slice of life route, but they did. Uh, it was time for a slice of life route. Well, it didn't last long because uh, they've been packing so many new characters into such a small amount of time. They haven't had time to like establish how they interact with each other and what they're like in any way. Like this is like building up character dynamics and getting you like getting you to buy into the storyline more than if they were just like, connected fights. Like, this is a really important time for I don't know. I mean, we, we've, seen Ra- we've seen Ryu and Anna and Yo and um, Manta interact with each other. I mean, they didn't even know that. They didn't even know that, like, Pompadour Man can see the ghost. Like, well, the ghost. Like, I mean, according to Anna, like, typically, like, uh, if you get possessed, you might have latent abilities, which is why Yo said you should have been. He should have been paralyzed for a week. He was only par- he was only down for a day. It also uh, it also served to do some important recapping. I think. Like I think they they reviewed a lot of the concepts going on here, and like, they were about to do a lot of new stuff. Um, you know, they introduced characters and a lot of new concepts and, and the storyline storyline forward in a big way. So I think they really. Did to, to like be reminded of important concepts to like learn how the characters interact with each other. I don't think they're going to have this kind of time for slices of life in this kind of way for a long time now. So I think it's jump in. I mean, it wasn't saying it was a bad time. I was just saying it was just kind of weird. I wasn't expecting them to because Rayu kind of popped up out of nowhere. I mean, Rayu has been there from, since episode one, but they kept on bringing him back in and bringing him back out. I guess, like, now this is where we're going to see him f- for the majority of the part, but, um, I already know what's going to happen with his character, because I already know exactly what, um, again, watch the original uh, anime, so a lot of stuff is going to come back to me the moment I start watching these episodes, but, um, I already know his role based on what I saw last time. Unless that was a, an American thing or an anime-only thing, I had no idea yet. I know this is supposed to be based off the manga, 100%, so I guess I'll find out if... He's supposed to be what I think he's supposed to be, but um, yeah, I mean they have like uh, the parents like established he was gonna be the cook in their house, which is actually kind of funny. Um, they also find that Anna has a a funny side to her too, in terms of like uh, she apparently likes dressing up, I think, or like being a lot of things. She wants to be like an innkeeper. It, it was really weird, but I guess we found out that she has some comedy um to her too. I guess we find out a lot more about her too in this episode and how she thinks about Yo and like what she thinks about Yo and why she's you know wants to be with him. 
even though like yo seems to be like a lazy uh doesn't want to do much of anything type of guy we learn that you know that's actually just how he's been and it's not truly all he's about he's like focusing on what first we said earlier like he likes focusing on the here right now which he learned that when he uh pretty much selva the the tournament officiator finds him for the first time when uh yo is taking a break from training in the park and we meet him because he's apparently a jeweler dude straight gender um kind of weirdly enough we also see that he apparently was a shaman the entire time too which they didn't hide for too long because we see he has an eagle spirit uh but first later on we see yo like Amanta in the graveyard looking up at the sky prince finds him let's know it's yo and me tomorrow not yo Amanta, but uh yo and me tomorrow and um and me tomorrow's having a a uh i can't even call it a midlife crisis like an afterlife crisis at this point um, he's concerned like if he's not if he like he may be really strong but he can't get any stronger. But Yo kinda just reassures him that you know he's he's as strong as he's gonna need to be. And he's perfect the way he is, which is kinda funny. But um I guess strong as a human ghost can be. We'll get to that later. But uh I guess with the concepts and everything like that, Silva introducing to Silva, we find out that uh well he has like a total impulse spirit. I kept on looking at the wording he was going with. I know he had like five spirits, but I feel like he was referring to them all as one spirit. Because it looked like they were based on a totem pole. Because he also looks like he was based off a Native American tribe. Which wouldn't, which wouldn't be too far from the, the realm they have set up here. Uh, I guess what do you think of Silva as the uh, uh, tournament officiator and what he did here as a whole? What do I think of it? Like, what do you think of him? I think he's really interesting. I like his... I like the build of the personality. I liked his... serious and savage side, but he, he felt like... a shaman to me. Like, he had that carefree undertone that the not-evil shamans seem to have. Um, I liked that he had that... Also, like, along with that carefree undertone, he also had that, like... That hard side to him, where he was willing to kill the guy if it's out, and and bring that out, and even like saying like if you don't do it now, you're gonna have to wait 500. You know, just showing up out of nowhere and being like, you better be ready, you know. But like, he was like a really strong, consistent character. But I felt like he had a slight preference for the for our protagonist here. I think liked him. I'm pretty sure that was the case because, like, <clears throat> we learned later that there's um each shaman participant gets their own like um like uh security guy or whatever they were because each one gets their own uh officiator. So I mean, it would be, it would make sense that he has some bias. I mean, they bring up the fact that, you know, he has bias and stuff like that, but like, uh, based on that, I mean, the the old lady, I guess who's the, the the chieftain of everybody, he didn't seem that concerned. I mean, they, like, we're kind of like one of the participants, one of the officiators was killed by uh, Tal Ren, which isn't a shocker. So should, we, should we refer to him from now on as North Kai? No, he's not going to teach, I mean, <laughs> the only thing he taught him was 
that he can like manifest his soul, his spirit into the sword. So sort of like, no, sort of like, no, 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 no. He's so trying to say spirit bomb. I know he was like his gun. Like I wasn't letting him. I was purposely not letting him. But um, I guess speaking like of him teaching, I mean I guess it was some Dragon Ball Z. I mean I re I recognize some of the Dragon Ball Z. I honestly compare him more to Piccolo considering how much, like how, how much like versatility it seemed that he had, and um. How knowledgeable? I guess you could say he, he could be compared to Akai, but he's more useful than Akai. I don't know how. Don't know. Akai and the fact that they each have like kind of a champion under the wing. But uh, basically, he, like you know, he, he told Yo that in order for him to be an official participant, he needed to be able to scratch him. So he essentially like was like, you know, baiting and like baiting Yo, getting him to get to see, getting to see where Yo stood. And slowly but surely revealing tidbits about the fight that he Yo didn't know, which is kind of funny that he never mocked him for not knowing either. Except the spirits did. The spirits definitely mocked Yo most of the time. <laughs> but uh, pretty much like he's like he's pretty much a higher level tier shaman than Yo, and Yo was like learning that he can't scratch him because uh, the turtle shell shield that he had, or he couldn't catch up to him because of the um, was it the bull feet? Or was it the horse? It looked like a bull to me. What was, what was the spirit that he used to move fast? Was that the bull or was that the horse? The bull. Or there was a fox too, wasn't there? I thought that was a wolf. A wolf? Yeah, you're probably right, it's a wolf. I was... yeah, it would be a wolf. Maybe what we thought was a bull was a buffalo because he, they seem to be taking Native American symbolism. Turtles, eagles... He has a snake, a turtle, an eagle... I guess that's the a turtle, Native Americans believe the turtles held, held up the earth. So wolves are significant, eagles are significant. I don't know so much about snakes, but snakes are almost always significant in mythology. So I imagine the last one just to find, just to keep with the Native American symbology. Actually, that could be a buffalo. I don't like counting the the, the, the the turtle is on his the turtle's on his thumb. That thing on his ring finger must be the buffalo. Yeah, but a buffalo and a bison are pretty damn close to. Another, I mean, I mean, it's it was a, something that uh, that that they revered. Right, but when I said bison, I I meant pretty much things. I guess I must have been that then. Okay, I was I wasn't sure what was it he used to move fast. You know that bison and buffalo are basically. Discord has disagreements with you because um, every time you try to say that, it cuts you out. Oh, I'm saying, I keep saying the word bison, B-I-S-O-N. You know that bison and a buffalo are basically the same thing, right? Are you trying to say the same thing? Because it cut out that word. It literally cut out the word. Yeah, they're, they're basically interchangeable. I mean, okay, I didn't know that. I don't think it really matters in this contest, because I really didn't know what he was, because we couldn't even see him wherever he was on his body. We only saw his eyes. We didn't know what he looked the, like it was a full what, form. What did the buffalo's dad say when he went to college? Charge it. Bye, son. That was a horrible joke. 
And I got a good feeling you're going to say that to your son the moment he goes to college. I feel sorry for him. But, um... But yeah, we see that he pretty much he's a he's a higher tier shaman. He also introduced the concept of, and I've been waiting for this because I I think I mentioned this last time. I was wondering when they're going to do what what the energy source of this world was, uh, Furi Kuri or the simply put it shaman energy. And essentially, what the shamans use to be able to uh, cause a spirit to physically manifest. So key. I'm calling it shaman energy because that's what it's called here. In basic, in, in basic essence, yes, it is key. You can compare everything that has an energy source to key. <laughs> it's annoying a lot of times too, but yes, yes. If you want to go, if you want to dumb it down that further, yes. I don't think you gain uh, shaman uh, energy the same way you gain key, but we'll find out. But um, since he teaches Yo that he can like pretty much put his uh, spirit into uh, something that is. Uh, linked to him in his past life uh which is kind of cool essentially he jammed him into the Murama uh, murasama and uh gained like a giant spirit bomb like spirit over his sword which amplified apparently his uh the power of the blade and because of it you also managed to reveal that he managed to memorize a move of um minamaro's by muscle memory which is quite interesting Essentially, Yo tries to dent, tries to put a dent on him before he does this. After he gains this new ability, this power up, he essentially uh, cuts um, the the headband off of uh, off of the Silva, uh, thus getting him entry into the tournament. Yeah, it was funny how high far ahead this guy is than him because like he cut the band off and the guy just put a new one on. He had no damage to his actual body. It was sort of like I don't know, like. It was. If he didn't want this guy to pass already, he didn't really cut him. Well, he's just damaging somehow. I don't think he really meant. He never said that he had to make him bleed. He didn't damage him. He just cut his clothes. I think that's damage. Yeah, but you, if he, you have to want him to win to count that. I don't know about that really, cause like I mean, they made a, he made a big deal, he made a big deal out of what Tal Ren did to his. Did Hercule Satan hurt Cell? I'm not even gonna talk about that man. He doesn't exist. Because Hercule was going on and on and on at Cell, and then he said like, you hear Cell's thoughts, and he goes, "Ignorance is painful." Because technically, Hercule caused more pain to him than this guy. There's no damage to his body. That's I don't forever. think he. I don't. Did he say damage his body, or did he just say give, like put some damage on him? He said cut me. And he cut him, all right, because he cut the headband off. I don't think it really matters. If he actually said cut his body, then I would agree with you. Him. It's not him. Technically speaking, that technically is him because the headband would be a part of him. It's not a part of him. Are you sure? Yes! You're not, like, it's not his biologically generated headband. I'm not saying that, but some people put, like, significance on clothing and stuff like that as, as being a part of them. Like, there are some religious people who have that belief. I don't know if, it's, if he has that belief, but he also seems to have the whole hate of, like, causing bodily harm to people. So I don't know if, like, you can really consider that he said, yeah, he has some bias towards him, all right, but I don't think it's biased enough because he didn't pull any punches on him. The man literally sent him flying. 
several times over. Even the spirits wouldn't believe at that point. He was clearly stronger than him. Yeah. So yeah, there's some bias, but I don't think that bias led to him. You can say, I, I pretty much believe that, like, I don't think he intended to let Yo hurt him anyway. Even if he was getting close to actually cutting him. I think he just wanted to show that he could do that move. Because we learned that later on in, in the next episode that apparently you got to be able to do an oversoul, is what they call that, to uh, even be able to participate in the tournament. If you say so. I don't know. I just, I think it's at least ambiguous. I think if you didn't want him to win, he said, well, you didn't cut me. And if you did, did want him to win, it would count. But I think it would, like, I think it could have, you have to at least admit that to some degree it could have gone either way. could have, like, you didn't cut me. I would agree with you if he actually said, say, cut him. He didn't, I don't think he said, like, cut his body, and I think he's, like, he could make the argument if he had said, cut his body, which he did not say. He did not say those exact words. Alright. I'm just gonna go back real quick to see. I didn't set you off again, did I? No, no, I'm just going back just to look, just to look at something real quick. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend an entire week uh, festering over this. If that's what you're saying. I don't know. I get you started sometimes. This is how much like anime. You, you, you don't understand. We have completely missed it. What did he say to him? I guess the other thing too is like. I mean, if you if you want to make that argument. Like I'm pretty sure the Great Spirit didn't mind because, like, I mean, like they made a they made a person made a big argument about that, that um, after Tal Rune killed his um his like his person, like why didn't the Great Spirit intervene? So I care. I think like, even if he did let him go, in the, the, like the whole like cutting his headband shouldn't have counted. The Great Spirit didn't care. Yeah. They keep bringing that that thing up. You just need injure me with one strike. Okay. He said injure him, so. But I'm not going to deny that he didn't have any bias towards him. I mean, I already admitted that a long time ago. He wanted him to win. I mean, if nothing else, he stood there and coached him on how to damage to him. I mean, even that, I don't think, like, I think Yo would have discovered it at some point. I mean, Yo, uh, Yo appears to be dumb at first, at, at, at first look. We find out he's actually really intelligent. I've never thought Yo was dumb. I've always thought that everybody thinks he's dumb, but I've never thought he was dumb. Or lazy. Dude, he just wants to have a, a simple life. He doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't even have a job. He literally, he, he literally said, oh, the job is boring. I don't want to do that. Man literally said that. He reminded me too much of Kino. Like, right from the beginning, he reminded me of Kino with her attitude about the world. I mean, Kino sort of doesn't have a job either, and she could be respected, you know, such a village, and usually staying for three weeks. Yo didn't want to do anything. His grandfather was slapping him around because he didn't want to do anything. At least Kino was traveling around with that stupid talking bike. 
<laughs> she was driving around with that bike. She was doing things. She had ambition. She wanted to leave the village because she wanted to see the outside world. Yo she had didn't a, have any ambition. She has a same kind of humanity and her same his her same kind of like willingness to be optimistic and talk to anybody about any and to let things kind of fall off her the way he does. And like she doesn't not care, but she lets things fall off. And she has that also that has to get very serious all of a sudden. Um, you know, when the time is right. Um and she's not dumb either. And I just don't think even though like there's moments where she seems kind of dumb or naive in the series for like a moment and you have to try to figure out what's going on with that. Like she's not dumb and she's actually brilliant and he's not dumb. I think he's pretty Okay, maybe I maybe I shouldn't use the word dumb, but he, he like I like very very laid back and I still think he's lazy. I mean not not lazy in the sense of like like not lazy in the sense of like, you know, like uh, like how he was before, more like he like nothing seems to really phase him unless he's in the middle of a fight. And like he's still on his whole like I wanna I wanna do nothing. Is why I want to become the Shaman King. I mean, he even brings up the fact that how petty, like how, how petty that outlook is, and why he wants to. Because in the next episode, we he comes across the first Shaman in the, in the tournament that he has to fight, and his name is Horu Horu, and apparently uh, he's he's a part of a tribe of um, Inu, Ainu. I mean, like whatever they are, they're like an ancient Japanese people that uh build houses like tiny huts for um spirits to live in and we see this play out here too that his guardian spirit happens to be um a nature spirit a female nature spirit that doesn't talk that also apparently is in love with mental i thought that was funny <laughs> it was very odd kind of out of nowhere but i mean i think it was on brand for the show <laughs> yeah i thought that fit in really well but uh, I guess speaking of that, I bought it before that, like, Amita Morales like the strongest human samurai ghost. They actually bring this up here that uh, his spirit, in the classification of how spirits work in this world, apparently, his spirit outclasses um, uh, Amita Morales basically because it, it's uh, it's a nature spirit, and it isn't like a, uh, it isn't like a human ghost. I that was interesting. So they're setting, they're setting up the types of ghosts that exist in this world, which is really cool. I think he called her a holy spirit. Is what he called her. Yeah, I noticed that they kept keep saying holy. Um, I bet that doesn't. If they translate this to English someday, I bet that doesn't survive the translation. Um. Well, I would say I would I would I would I would make the argument that yes, it will. But no, uh, actually, um, I can actually make a good comparison of this. Um, in Digimon, there is a Digimon that digivolves to an angel. One of the forms in Japanese is called Holy Angemon. That didn't survive the translation. Yeah, but I mean, to literally call something a Holy Spirit is gonna... I feel like they're gonna have to, though, for a show like this. That they'll, probably be. Say, they'll probably say Sacred Spirit. No, I still think they're gonna probably use the word Holy, because, like, I mean, like, this isn't, like, this... The, the, the thing that Shaman King 2020 has going for it versus Shaman King, I think, 90, 1999, is that the um people are a little bit more uh, uh, accepting of things, even people of a Christian faith um, are more accepting of things. Now, I will say that maybe like there's still a 50 percent chance that you're right, that you might call it sacred or they might not even they might even call her. They might just call her a spirit. But um. 
but that's another thing too you gotta watch out for the main reason why the the creator of the show even thought uh, the story this series allowed it to come back was that he didn't want things to be changed just it was it was the same problem that uh Fulham and alchemist had where so many things were changed it's one of the main reasons why um dub and sub have such a story history of each other because things leave japan and they lose their meaning um now, I will say there are ways to save that meaning, but sometimes, you know, the creator wants to keep their original story um, unaltered. And it's kind of an insult to go either way to alter something because of, because of an outside audience, which I understand why they do it. But at the same time, like, I kind of understand, like, you know, if you make something, you want it to be unaltered once it leaves your hands and leaves the, uh, the surrounding area that you're a part of. So, I mean, they could call it a sacred spirit, but, I mean, for right now, it's... I don't think it's going to get dubbed. I, I actually don't think it's going to get dubbed. I mean, if it gets dubbed, I'll be surprised. Because uh, I don't know how well Shaman King did a long time ago, but I don't think it did well enough. Over here. Yeah. So, I don't think it's ever going to get dubbed. I mean, if it does, I'd be shocked. Um, it, personally, it's my least favorite of the series you recommended to me. But I could see it... Um, I could see it appealing to, like, the Full Metal Alchemist cred. This disappoints me a little bit, but I mean, I I I I had opened my mind to the possibility this wasn't going to be your favorite thing in the world. Um, uh, I don't I don't dislike it. I'm just not excited about it. Like you've shown me like some home run series, and not a home run. I don't dislike it. I mean, everyone's gonna be a home run jock, and plus this show. Like, I guess for me, I got more nostalgia. I got more nostalgia for this series because I never finished it. Like I never finished the original story. I watched the anime, and that was about it. And apparently, from what I understand, the anime from a long time ago, the one I watched, didn't follow. It broke off after a certain point, so the story never got told. And this anime for me is like a, is an amazing feat because the creator said that he wasn't gonna allow it to happen if it didn't follow the story. And some people may say that's a bad thing for an you know a creator to get involved in something like this, but I don't think that's a bad idea. They they have the rights to this the series like series. Why why shouldn't they be involved in the um the making of the, of the animated product? Right. So like I mean I, like I'm I was surprised that they even greenlit this to begin with because of the issues that apparently this the studio that animated original had. But um. With that, I already, I already mentioned that like one of like the officiators got killed by um Tyler and Silva. X finds out, and you know we, we see more of that um emotional side of Silva. So like I can't can't wait to see more of that particular character in the future and see what his role is gonna be. I can't I don't think it's gonna be much considering he's supposed to be the one of the adults in this series, and most of the times adults in anime don't do much unless they're a part of a huge a huge or bigger conflict. Yeah. But he seems like he seems to have a grudge against the Great Spirit because the Great Spirit doesn't doesn't didn't get involved with Tyrant's fight and let him uh, be a part of the tournament. Uh, with that being said, we come back to Tao, we come back to Horror Horror and Yo fighting, and um, keep going on with that same concept that all shaman king all shamans are probably the same. Horror Horror, we find out um, has a dream to make uh, a um. What was that? Like a butter leaf? I forgot what he called it. A what? 
I forgot what he called it. It was like he wanted to make a field of, of plants for some reason. So like so that way his spirit could like propagate and more spirits like her could survive. Um, I don't know. Yes, while well, I'm looking for that, they uh they have a little gag where like um they're surprised that Yo and Anna are married. I guess before that, uh, Anna, like, he was asking what she was doing here. He said, I'm the Shaman King's fiance. And he was like, wait, you're going to be my wife? <laughs> I was like... Right. So I hope they do that gag more often. Because <laughs> it could work. Because he was like, is this true? And he's like, I guess so. <laughs> uh, the, the, the spirit that she is is the Koru Pokoru. Which is little people, little people, they live under butter burr leaves, which are plants that they, uh, that essentially, I guess, help propagate their, um, can I call them a species? <laughs> I don't know if I call them a species, but, like, there are a lot of them, apparently, because of, uh, I guess it's another thing this kind of gives into the real world, in terms of, like, spreading a message that, you know, um, uh, progress is killing the uh, the lands which these little guys live to, live in and making it hard for the Inuit people to talk with them and protect them as well. So he's hoping to become Shaman King so he can make an entire field of these leaves so they can live uh, live in prosperity, which isn't a bad dream to have. Um, oh, 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 yeah, I'm sorry. Now I know what you mean. I didn't interpret those as leaves. I interpret them as flowers. Or, like, well, plants. Cold, but, I mean, on here, I'm looking at it, there's like, people under butterbur leaves. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I wondered if that... I almost Googled it to see if that was... It's a real plant. I mean, yeah, these things are, I think, real... Like, the Inu people are real people. Like They're like it's, an ancient people in Japan. I don't know yeah, if they still live, but... They're it's, an ancient. A flower, it's a flowering plant. So when I heard butterbur, like, you were saying leaves, and that was what threw me off. I mean, obviously, the, the plant comes with... It's a whole plant with flowers and stuff like that, too. But, yeah, the leaves were the thing with home. Well, so I, I mean, could... in the anime, you can see that there are flowers around there. I would just call them what he called them. Yeah, that, but that was what threw me off, because I heard butter burning. I thought it was a plant. But he was using the term... He was using metonymy to describe the situation, which is when you refer to something by a very, like, prominent part of it. Like, if you were going to, like, hire some thugs, you'd say, Hire some muscle, or if you were talking about the king and your crown, those would both be. So when he's referring to my case autonomy, because he's referring to the whole plant, but finally they can somehow be separate. I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, actually, I want to look something up. Are these are these spirits? Are they are they real? Is that their actual name? Because I'm actually interested. Cory Porcore. It looks like a. Yep, they are. That is literally well, what they call the Cora Porcore. Porcore. Koru Porcuru. Yeah, that's their actual name. And the images are actually very faithful to what they do in the, in the anime. It just looks more anime because of it. Oh, they actually make little dolls out of these guys. Um, uh, your race of small people in folklore are the Anu people of the northern Japanese islands. The name is typically traditionally analyzes tripatite compound of coral or coral or coral 
Butterbur plant. Poke under below. Incur occur a person. So a little person under Butterbur leaf is what that literally translates to. <laughs> Uh huh. I like the name Kuro Kuro. Actually, Anu I I Anu Lance. I don't know if these people are still around. Um, but apparently they were in Japanese islands, so I don't know if these people are still around. It's kind of I think it's kind of the situation of like the ancient Aztecs. People still believe that they're around and whatnot. We just don't know it. Um. They live in pits with roofs and made from butterbrilliant. Yeah, so essentially, like the I wonder if these if there's any fill to these things anymore. Uh, this is kind of going to go to this whole thing that I like that this anime kind of pulls from. Like, you learn about a lot of like religions from this thing. Yeah. Official, official estimates place the total Anu population of Japan at twenty-five thousand. Unofficial estimates place the total of 200 or 200,000 or higher. As the near total assimilation of the Anu in Japanese society has resulted in many individuals of Anu descent having no knowledge. Oh. Oh. Well, that's kind of sad. Oh, they could be Russian too? Oh, that's oh, the that's language. Not... No, they know they can speak Russian. Modern day. Sorry, this is like how I learn about certain things. <laughs> I look into things, but um, but yeah, we learned about these guys. We the his guardian spirit, and he calls her all holy spirit. I think they actually explain what that means in this show. Introduce my guardian spirit. Yeah, that's. Wait, where it is? She did you call her holy spirit? I saw higher spirit. Maybe you didn't call her holy. No, they said holy somewhere. In other words, we use our shaman powers to communicate with nature. She's a nature spirit. She's a sprite. I think the best way to put it, she's a sprite. Well, yeah, some sort of fairy creature or fae creature. looking for the exact wording he uses. Oh, that's right. He also mistakes Manta for being a being a Coco. <laughs> that's so mean. <laughs> we mean mean to the spirit or mean to Manta? <laughs> mean to him. I mean, most people are mean to him, though. And he just takes it. Yeah, he's, well, he doesn't take it. He gets mad. It's just... Just... He can get mad all he wants, very much. Just like looking for the exact wording, but I think I saw higher spirit. Integrate Koro the Koko. Yeah, he. I, 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 each, I guess each Simon has their own like little like weapon that they use, and his Horoho spirit uh, like weapon was his snowboard, which is interesting. They they put all in the fly, and his ability has a lot to do with ice. I, that's what I wanted to say is Dragon Ball Z reference. Like, this guy, by the end of it, reminded me of Yamcha. But I don't know if that's a good thing. Which guy reminded you of Yamcha? Horo Horo, the guy who was fighting in episode 6. Dice dude. Oh, I guess. He's a really nice guy. I really like this. 
Yeah, I mean, Yamcha's a nice guy, too. Yeah, I mean, Yamcha's kind of a tool. Kind of a tool. I mean, I think this guy will, sh will show himself to be a tool later on. Just gonna... Just gonna... I mean, he's also very strong, too. And Yamcha was very strong, too, up to a certain point. I, I mean, I hope that the same fate doesn't befall him. Uh, considering that he also has, like, a little sister who, I guess, trains him in the pits of hell like Ana does to you. <laughs> I was actually quite shocked that, that he had a little sister. I was like, oh, he has a little sister. Weird that they decided to her to bring bring her along and also she does the same thing Anna does to you. This is getting out of hand. <laughs> the women in this show really really uh like uh titles, I'm noticing. <laughs> they really freaking do. They're all about the lady. Did you say they're all about the label? All about the labels, but yeah, I meant oh. Okay, I was like, I don't know what Like, I'm waiting, because I'm looking at right now as a top, but like, yeah, you see them fighting back and forth. They actually seem really evenly matched. I mean, Yo's able to block all the attacks that he's able to, to pull off. I even able to block, even able to, uh, not block it, but like, it survive his ultimate attack. Yeah, but you saw that coming. This whole I fight, see Avalanche coming. I mean, so him surviving it, I mean, yeah, I mean, character stuff, but still. I think this was, the whole fight was really just to set up the friendship. He was like, he was a nice guy to him, he was a nice guy back, he talked about, a lot about how much he respected him. We find out shortly after the fight that the fight itself is really pictured that big of a thing. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess I didn't bring this up. I mean, a lot of the settings for this fight is that each shaman participant has to at least win two fights. And um, right. he lost one, but that doesn't mean he can't win the next two. Which, based on what I think about him, I think he shows up later on, too. So I think he does win the next two fights. Do you know how many tries they get? Is it best out of three? Is it best out of, like, It's five? three shots that they, that, I, that they get. They get three fights each. Right. That's why they have to win, too. I mean, yeah, he's a nice guy. He, I mean, he really wants to protect the little, the little prick, the pixies things because, like, their habitat getting destroyed, which is interesting enough that this world that humans have that much effect on um the spirit world. It's actually really interesting. Like you look at it like that. I guess also another we don't bring up the friendship, you also bring up Yo's whole like he wants to be he, he never thought about it at first, but he, he like now he's gonna try to bring his uh his dream into fruition and he becomes Shaman King. So I think we're gonna start seeing a lot more of that when the people that he fights is gonna take on their dream. I guess that intently makes his laid-back personality the best fit for the king position because at least he doesn't really have much that he wants to do, but he'll help everybody else out. Right. I like that about him. I like that they're already setting up that plot line. He's going to be have to be pretty selfless in his pursuit, and he's already taken on a burden, like on his way to becoming king. I bet like it's going to be a lot harder for him to have a life as shaman. This. If he keeps taking on whole, he wants to have like a he, he wants to have a life that isn't trouble. That's his whole thing. I was like, I was like, that. I don't know why you're gonna be like. I don't think the king would would have like a a, 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 a chill life. Because I mean, like, they keep on hearing all the like legends about who becomes king and whatnot. That doesn't seem like a chill life. Yeah, it sounds like he's not gonna get the life that he. Does. 
Okay, I'm here sitting here trying to figure out what like what's the exact wording that he used. Like I'm watching it all over again just to see. I don't want to miss it. But yeah, I mean, it shows that Yo is kind of outclassing him now after later on in the episode too, when he starts like swinging his sword, just destroying everything. Sh uh, sucks Anna with the fact that he uh, how powerful he's gotten. It's just funny because like most of the time she's been like berating Yo the entire time. I guess another thing too is like the whole shaman battery thing. Are we gonna see more weapons in the future that have spirit energy just imbued in it? Could be. I wouldn't imagine they wouldn't be, right? I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of like a throwaway line that they brought in there with Yo's, like the sword that Minamaro um, and Mosoki used. They're setting up that you can have more than one ghost because the shaman that takes him under his wing has like five. So they're setting up the thing and have more than one ghost, which they kind of hinted at before, like people trying to do this ghost. And they're setting up that these ghosts can manifest themselves in items. So what I think is going to happen from here, sooner or later he's going to get another ghost and another item to put it in. Well, I remember what I know about this show. No, like, very few shaman have multiple ghosts. And I think the only reason why Silva had one is because of the role that he was playing. Yeah, but I think the Shaman King is probably going to get at least... Because, I mean, well, so far, no Shaman has shown any interest besides uh, Tower Ren. I don't think Tower Ren wanted to have two ghosts. I think he just wanted Amida Maro because Amida Maro was strong. He wanted to get rid of Bassan. But unfortunately, he couldn't get rid of Bassan because he lost to Yo. But it's really weird that he wants Bassan when he uses a spear and a Minamaro doesn't fight with a spear. None of that really adds up. Um, you don't think that he'd get like a a tactical spirit or a defensive spirit to go along with his offense? No, because I mean the Minamaro like uh, shoulder plates acted like a shield. Like, I, like Yo has no interest. He has shown no interest in wanting multiple ghosts. And I highly doubt they're going to give that to him because it seems like the whole the whole bond is going to be between him and me tomorrow. Now, if he gets another spirit, I mean, I can't I can't stop the show from doing that. But I highly doubt because at least when I remember, the greatest thing what I remember about the anime, like I said before, the anime wasn't faithful to the original, to the original. So I can't even say for sure if the if the development that Yo went through in that show was as faithful as it should have been. Um, I can't really imagine because like shamans speak to spirits. This is the first time I ever heard shamans having guardian ghosts. And ghost could mean plural anyway, because, like, I mean, ghost doesn't have to have S, S on it, but. But whatever it is, like, let's say I saw a higher spirit. I know I saw that. But, um, as we get close, as we end the episode off here, uh, well, we see Horahora and Yo partying together, which is kind of funny. Uh, that's when we see Horahora get dragged up by his little sister, who is upset that Yo beat him because she says that he ruined her, um, he ruined their dream. I don't understand how she believes that, considering he has two more chances to win, but whatever. She's just probably overreacting because her older brother got hurt. But, um, we see her for the first time, so we're, we're probably going to see her again. Uh, as we get to the end of the episode, they set up the next fight. Um, uh, Silva is warned from one of his friends that the next person he's going to be fighting is, uh, is dangerous and he should quit while he's ahead. 
Um, I, rec I remember that character, but I don't remember what was so dangerous about him, so that's gonna be interesting too. Oh, and I guess, like, Ra I forgot this, Rai is gonna go off to find his own, like, his guardian ghost, apparently. Uh, I guess is that a comic huh? side note, though? Do you think What? Is that a comic side note? Is he ever gonna be relevant? Um, if I remember, I, like I said, I don't know. This is the thing about it. I know what I remember from the original series, he got one, but I don't know if that was, like, an animator's, um... Uh, you know, they, they took a liberty on that one, or he was opposed to. Because, I mean, he fought, he, he his specific character follows the concept that, um, side character get introduced to the main character, they become best friends, uh, through constant turmoil and, and getting involved in their, their, the main character's world, usually unlock their power, and they end up becoming a, a useful character later on. Uh, that's what his character usually follows, but I don't know if that was animator or manga um, i want to say it was manga but i don't really know we'll have to find out i know you mean he seems kind of silly that he doesn't think he would matter that much but hey i mean there's been silly characters in the past yeah but i guess with that like that's in that i mean they set up for the next fight to make that one seem serious they do set up where like a lot of like story elements such as like the the comet issuing the start of the fight and also finding out that apparently they didn't say this in good words or earlier but apparently the fight begins in tokyo but i don't know where it ends so we might be leaving tokyo when the next phase starts so you're going on to the next episode with your conversation are we not going to talk about the fact that the main character wore a pot leaf shirt through the entire episode I already talked about episodes like five and six. Like I literally are like we were talking about both of them. In six, he's wearing a pot leaf shirt. Like a pot leaf? What are you talking about? It's totally weed leaf. What? What? It's what, totally what, weed leaf. What are you talking about? Cannabis. No, who are you talking about? The main character. What do you mean a pot leaf? Like, I saw that wearing his shirt, like wearing his clothes when he was younger. He's wearing a white shirt with a big old green cannabis leaf. I do not see this white shirt they're talking about. I see this black the shirt. lazy main character. No, I don't see the, I see the white shirt, but I don't see any leaf on it. You didn't notice that he was wearing a pot leaf the whole time. I'm looking right now. I don't see a leaf on his shirt. I'm trying to find a screen grab to toss you in Discord, but here's one. Totally a cannabis leaf. Find it in Discord. Tell me Manta, when Manta was talking about like the rolls of the tournament. Look at the leaf. I don't know if that was really a cannabis leaf, I mean, you could make the argument that it was, but I, animated, like manga, manga's, manga creators a lot of times in a long time ago, like, did put things into their series on character shirts it's and whatnot. Literally, this common shirt. That I've I just seen. Did. What I'm saying, like, what I'm saying, like, like, I don't know if that was meant to make a statement or whatever. 
because like like manga manga uh, manga creators often put random things in their in their stuff. Because like you also like, I don't know why you want to, you want to talk about that versus talking about the angel wings in the back of monsters back. Uh, the alien's got a little halo on on his on his hood. Where is that? What's the timestamp? Uh, five twelve. It's the same thing where where the cannabis leaf is. But you're making a big deal about it, and I'm not gonna make a big deal because it's just five twelve or five twelve from the beginning. Five twelve from the beginning. The end of the episode or five five minutes into the episode or five minutes from the end of the episode? Five minutes from the very beginning. Five minutes in. Okay. The screenshot I gave you was from the end of the episode. That's why I was thrown off. Well he he was wearing it at the very oh, beginning of the episode. Back of his hoodie, that's what we're worried about. Yeah, but he's also wearing it here too, that's where I where I saw it. And no, I was not talking about it. I mean, like, Yo's a laid-back character. Of course, I'm gonna make a, a, a smoke weed every day joke with him. I thought it was pretty funny. It was like a little subtle, like Easter egg level hint. But I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, I thought it was alright. I mean, they're just making fun of how laid-back, and I mean, you might as well be high with some, with some, yeah. some like with his eyes and whatnot. Pretty ironic. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, got much, I don't got much to say on that. Like, I mean, he looks like he's high all the day in time. I mean, like, obviously they're going to make that reference. I was going to become the king of shamans. Then I got high. Ooh. <laughs> With that, I'm going to just uh, end, the, end the podcast now because before, before, before things become a little bit too crazy, you're going to end it off here. Sorry, guys. I'm not letting this continue. This is a train wreck that he started. Now getting married, and I don't know why. Because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. We'll get high.